Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Radio you can touch. Showtime. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Feels like old home week. I know what you mean. Jeff Lutz. Definitely old home week when you're here. I hear you loud and clear. In Jason Duda. For today, anyway. It's old home week? Are you saying I'm old or that I should be in a home? Yes. Alrighty then. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Stand by for action. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a Thursday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. It's Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz, Jason Duda. We are ready to go to war here today. Uh, Tommy, How do you Thurber. Know? Tommy Thurber here, our former producer and engineer. Uh, back when we started this show, certainly worked with uh, me and and you some, Jeff, on some. Sports Daily. Tom's getting ready to move, and he's in here today. His Last appearance with us. I'm a little sad about it. Wild, isn't it? The end of an era. I mean, era. You're not sad? Yeah, I'm sad. What about you, Duda? Sad about what? What's your emotion right now? Sad wow. About, sad, sad about, about what? what? That's sad how he feels what? about you. <laughs> Love Tommy. <laughs> what, what's your overriding emotion right now? Anger. Yeah, it might be anger, Tommy. Maybe it is. Maybe that's where we're at today. What sets you, you off? You know what? It's 2 o'clock. And you got me for two hours. Why Good are you luck. yelling? Don't, what's, Jeff, just let's leave it go. What just leave it you off. Why? I don't like this, too. Now they set me in the middle of a complete tennis match this is going to be today with me. One on my left, you. one on my right. I don't like it. That's by design. Yeah, I know. No anger on leap day, Duda. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? You got your coffee? Everything's good. Your uh, Prairie Fire coffee? I mean, what else could you want? <sighs> Sipping it like a madman. I've never, I've gotten under your skin today. No, not at all. Oh, I did. Oh, you're not even close. <laughs> not even close. I, and I love Don't it. assume. Don't assume. And I love it. Here's what we have for you on the show today. For some reason, my son is in uh, a mode of getting a hold of long ago Cardinals, <clears throat> which well, I appreciate. Well, that's how it worked out today, yes. Which I appreciate. I don't know if our listeners will, but I do, and I we got we got a lot of Cardinals fans in this market. Uh, I'll tell you all about that. Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star will join us at two twenty-five. He's been at the NFL Combine. I guess I envy that. Do I? Or do, do 
I wouldn't want to go to the NFL Combine. None of the good players do anything. But he's been there. Uh, at 245, Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com. And at 325 today, Dal Maxville, who was the shortstop on the 1967 World Championship Cardinals team and the 68 team that should have been world champion. Well, he was on the 62, 64. Was not. Yeah, he's Dick got, Grote was a shortstop. He's got four rings, though. Dow does. Well, he didn't get him with the Cardinals. He got two with the Cardinals and two with the A's. Well, I, I, I'm going to have to look. Well, I'm telling you right now. He also was a longtime general manager of the Cardinals. Yeah, he's been, he's a, and then he went to the Braves for a while. Uh, I, I Don't try to tell me about Dow Maxville. Oh, I'm telling you about Dow Maxville. I, I looked him up today. Not a good hitter. Uh, but well, if you say that to him on the air, I'll I bet toss he knows. you through that window. I bet he knows. Uh, but a really good defensive player. That's what, you, that's what shortstops were back in he the day. He played in 37 games for the Cardinals in 1964. He broke in with the Cardinals in 1962. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. Looking forward to talking to him. How about you, Duda? Oh, yeah, can't wait. I mean, seriously, the though. Good Cardinals. It, you're a fan of, of baseball, as uh, I assume Jason was at one point in his life. I was. And you get to talk to a guy who's won four World Series in the 60s and 70s and uh, played with some greats of the game and was pretty darn good, uh, at least defensively, for a long time. I think that's pretty cool. And Dow Maxville, I got the chance to speak with him today. He sounds like an amazing human being, so I'm, I, I'm looking forward to it. Won a gold glove in 67. Well, I look forward to Dow Maxville. No, I'm glad. That's good that your son did that for you today. That's great. Boy, what, is this going to be what this He's show angry. is? He's angry. I don't get it. He is angry. Is it because you haven't gotten a cookie Here's yet? Here's what or? set him off. He walked in, and he started to sit where you are. Well, sorry. And, I, and then he saw your stuff, and I said, I think Jeff's there. Again, uh, no, you didn't say I think. You said Jeff's there. Jeff's there. My favorite son's there. There it is. Sit but, in the well, middle. I got here first. What do you want That's to do about it? That's what I said. What? <laughs> That's what I said, although, and that really set him off. Although last week, I will say, Jason, What's at that? Uh, the Rudd Center, you got there first, and you were still dictated oh, yeah. to where you were supposed to I, sit. Yeah, so exactly. guess it's not a completely valid argument. No, it's a complete dictatorship when it comes to certain things in this area. <laughs> certain things. <laughs> certain things. Maybe certain, other things. Certain to most. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait, I don't... wait for what? What are we waiting for? I That's ju- the way I it just is. Said just Would you like there. to trade chairs? Is Not that... now. No, okay. I'm here. Can't wait. The Loving cut, it. The old Absolutely off. love it. The right old cut off your nose despite your face guy over yeah, here. Yeah, there you go. Martyrdom at its very mm. finest. Um, no idea what either of you said, so it doesn't <laughs> bother me. See? Exactly. No big deal. Uh, my wife made the journey over. As she... only. There's only one person in the world. Is she still here? Where'd she go? I didn't see her. She came back in, and now, now she's not in here anymore. Did she leave? Why didn't you bring her into the studio? I did. She needed to use the bathroom first. She was coming back. I said, They're here's, talking. here's where we are, and then I showed her the bathroom, and I thought she came back. So, only one person that I know of, maybe Dia, maybe Shannon, I don't know. No, I, Shannon's not a public person. That would, would bring... This doesn't mean Debbie's a public person. I'm just saying she doesn't want to. What know. are you trying to? What do you mean? You tell my. You, are you trying to tell the listening audience that my wife brought Tom Thurber cookies only so 
that she can be acknowledged on the show and we'll talk about her? No, but now that you say that, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to do the Duda thing and just, you know, if you're going to if you're going to back us into these corners, you might be right. I'm kind of with Duda oh, here. So now, Jeff, Jeff might be right. Now my wife's a publicity hound. Oh, well, I didn't say it. Is that what but, you're saying? But if you're going to put me in that position, I don't feel the need to defend myself. So, absolutely, yeah, that's what so I'm saying. So by by doing the wonderful thing of bringing Tom Thurber cookies, sure. Uh, sh- this is not about that. It's about the fact we're going to talk about her. I think, yeah, a little bit. That's yes. I can't stand your family <laughs> right now. My whole family. Yeah, your whole family. You are even his family. Nah, but I don't like me. Oh. That's that's fair. Yeah, that is fair. And you didn't quite buy into that. I wasn't paying attention. Now what's the problem? You're not going to call Debbie, my darling wife, a publicity hound. No, I am not. Thank you. My son did. Well, that's what his feeling Her is. Her stepson. That's his feeling. Can you believe that? I can. Think about it. Everybody has their own opinions. Maybe that's his opinion today. Might I can't be. argue with it because I'm not in his skin. So if that's what he not, thinks today, that's what he thinks. You're also not in his I don't. chair. No, I'm not in my chair, you mean. <laughs> not in my chair. Dude, we might need to change chairs because what? I don't have sound out of this one. I know. Happens, uh, happens every time, Jeff. But, Uh-oh. Hey, you picked that chair. Good for you. Yeah. What if I can't talk to Dow Maxville? Deal with well, it. Well, you're going to have to figure it out. I always have to. Good luck to you. <laughs> I wish you the best. I think maybe three days in a row together <laughs> is too many. Well, I wasn't here that, yesterday. Well, that's true, but maybe just for Duda and me. Maybe three days in a row together. It's a lot. Is a lot. Maybe it's too much. I've not known many people in my life who can be around me for three days in a row. That's nope. very true. See, and that's coming now, from the guy minute. that's always around you. See, so it's not just me. What are my redeeming qualities? Jeff, I'll start with you uh, because you're both taking shots right now. Your redeeming qualities, Jason. What do you got? You're well, gonna pass. Yeah, Some I'm gonna pass. Somebody's got to break down oh. redeeming for me. I'll pass first round. You know what redeeming means? What are you know? He's like to redeem a, a coupon kind of, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. What, what the qualities I? without which he would be a total lost cause. Oh, you're actually. This is a yeah, serious I want, question. I want each of you to come up with one. Okay, well, we got till the end of the show to think. No, no. Oh, yeah, I need it. Jeff, what do you got? Um, Your Cardinals knowledge is unbelievable. There you go. There. That's something. You are... (laughs) I'm not saying you don't have any redeeming (laughs) qualities. I'm just saying putting it into words might be a little difficult. Well, go ahead and try. Now that we're down this road. You are, I guess, a generally speaking loyal person to some degree occasionally. A generally loyal to some degree occasionally person. What does that mean? Uh, That doesn't mean I'm loyal. It doesn't sound like redeeming. You've dedicated yourself to a specific wardrobe over the course of uh, most of your life, which I think is redeemable. Jason? I already did one, man. I'm done. What'd you say? So I have no good qualities. You're... uh, what you're saying. Here, I'll give you one. You want one for real? Yeah. So, you know that uh, it wasn't between me and my wife or my daughter or anybody, but there was some strife around the family a few weeks ago. We came over to your house, right? 
to kind of to remember. kind of talk it out. You barely remember. Okay, then I won't. I remember. Then I won't go there. But go go uh, ahead. But I told my wife, my dad's usually pretty good at uh, breaking these things down. I would personally never ask him for advice, but uh, if we want if we want uh, tips on real life situations and uh, valid opinions, we should we should go to him. Well, there you go. That pretty much says it all, doesn't it, Jason Duda? Sure. As long as you believe it in your heart to be true, Bob, then it's. Why'd be. you turn on me? I haven't turned on anybody. I can't turn it. I can't turn either way here. I can't get confused. You don't like being in the middle. I'm looking straight ahead. <laughs> I'm a straight ahead shooter today. That's it. Straight ahead. Unbelievable. It just, is. It's just unfathomable. You to have me. nothing. I got that. You can't come up with a redeeming quality. I just gave, I already gave you one. What I, was I it? Know about, We're I not, know a lot about the Cardinals. Big deal. I'm not patting you on the back and stroking your ego while we're sitting here today. Not a chance. Well, I'll, I'll check not with your wife a idea. chance. She'll Go come ahead. up with some. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Text, Dia, text uh, your husband. She's working. Can I update you guys on a story that I mentioned to you uh, a few days ago? Uh, trying to acquire the transcripts from Don Henley's testimony um, in the Manhattan, New York the, courtroom. Why do you need to talk about this? Because I, I want people Don't to know. Don't you think most people think you're a nut? But I want people to know if you are looking to acquire transcripts from court, you're going to be asked to pay a lot of money. And I did not pay the money. What they want you to pay? $1,800. I can't believe you didn't pay it. I'm, did you think about it? Of course not. I don't I have that. I thought about it. Four fifty a page, four hundred pages, um, and that was for thirty day delivery. What do you think they were going to do? Just send fax over a, them to you. Send yeah. over oh, a yeah. digital file for twenty bucks or ten. I mean, I thought this was public record. It is public record. You don't represent anything, uh, a public entity entity that would be uh, n- that would be needing these transcripts or this document. But it's public record. I am public. You can get it. Just pay for it. Well, well I'm not going to do that. So well, I just wanted people to know. Why didn't I you, didn't. Why didn't you just say, hey, I'll send you nine bucks. Can you pick me two pages? <laughs> I should have been. Maybe I should have done that. Well, not I, a bad idea. But I felt embarrassed. Like, I didn't know that. And I was like, no, I can't afford that. So thanks. Felt like I wasted the guy's time. You did waste the guy's time. I know. I had no idea that this is something that costs not only money, but in the four figures. Insanity. Not really. $1,800 to get it in 30 days? Of course. Wild. Did you think it was going to be free? Yeah. <laughs> you did. You really did. I did. Yes. Why wouldn't it be? Because you always have to pay for those yeah, things. Yeah, you think they're going to waste manpower and... Paper and packaging and everything no else. Paper packaging. Just to send it to They're you? typing it up anyway. It was the stenographer. I thought he'd just have it digital and would email it well, to me. Well, of course you're going to pay. I mean, that, that's silly. Well, I didn't know. So this is a public service announcement to others. Uh, don't embarrass yourself yeah, if, if you're looking for court trans. Just don't ask uh, for nobody it. If there's would. a court transaction or something going on in New York and you really want it for some singer or that you know, anywhere. it's going to cost you money. Uh, yeah. Shockers last night took it to UAB, so much so that we turned over to watch uh, the FBI, which we had recorded. And then I look at my phone, and UAB has drawn to within one. 
Didn't tell my wife. Did they get within one? I thought it was just three. But they got might, within one. You might be right. And uh, fortunately for the Shockers, they stretched it out over the final couple minutes. And one on the road for the first time since, who'd they beat on the road in November? I don't remember. You're going to ask me that question? That's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. But they hadn't won on the road in a long time, and they managed to pull it off. They won at Coastal Carolina. There you go. That's the one I'm talking about. That's the last time they won on the road. So they let one get away in a game they should have won against Temple. They got one in a game we all thought they wouldn't get at uh, UAB. Now they have a reeling um, Rice. Ri- well, Rice is playing okay. And then they finish the regular season against a reeling Tulane. Is Tulane reeling? Reeling. Well, they're 4-11 in the conference. They can't win a game Lost right now. Lost five in a row. So I would say they Tulane are. is reeling. They've fizzled. Why would anybody doubt me? Here's no another redeeming oh, quality, no. if you don't mind me saying. No, for sure. Are you are you okay with it? it you're, would you be willing? You're gonna to, anyway. So let's be, hear it. Would you be willing to uh, give redeeming qualities about the two of us? Max and I'll talk about it off the air, and we'll there get back is. to you. All right, we there it is. There it is, everyone, right there. What about a redeeming quality about Max? Would you be willing? He's got a wonderful head of hair. He sure does. Just a marvelous. You know, and that doesn't, you know, you see a head of hair like that on an older gentleman, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying Max is old. You are, and that's okay. That's exactly, but that's you, exactly you what you're doing. You immediately think that can't be real. But with Max, there's no doubt it's real. Well, if you go pull on his hair, Jeff, and I'll watch the blood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just know. saying, we've had, we had this conversation. Yes, it is real. But it's never styled or, or any different length. No different would style. Would you style or make that different length if you had no. that hair? Of you course. Me? You I'd, would. I'd grow it out a little more. What? I'd make it long. I might oh, put it in a ponytail God. Are you kidding? I'm just saying. Max could walk down Douglas Street right now, and every woman along that street would whistle at him. How come you don't do that, Max? Who says he doesn't? If that's the case. Who says he doesn't? Well, I know Max likes his naps. I assume he likes his wife. So why are you getting that? Why are you why are you dogging Max? What am I dogging Max for? Do you like naps? I love Do you like your wife? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he does. That's a yes. <laughs> God, redeeming qualities might take me a while. Well, think about it. We have an hour and forty minutes left. Jeff uh, is. Uh, I started to say. <laughs> Go ahead. He likes to reach out to new people and become friends, and I think that's either a redeeming quality or a very strong sign of a desperation. A little of both. That's so a, yeah. I don't know exactly how to categorize that. You just did. There you go. You just did. So I don't know if I can give a full-fledged redeeming quality without some hole in it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm sure you'll, you'd find the hole in any possible redeeming quality. That's just kind of how you work. Yeah. I gave you one pretty un, unabated. Is that a word? I have no idea. Unadultered? Nah, neither one. Unabated's a word, but not unadultered. What is unabated? Unadultered? What? I don't unadulterated. Know. Isn't that what I said? <laughs> I don't know what you said. I've given up. Very confusing. I've given up. 
All right. Yeah, we got a right. bunch of guests. Probably a good thing since none of us are getting along with each other. Oh, we're getting along just fine. We might as well throw it to guests. Our first guest comes up after the break, Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. The Chiefs offseason is here, obviously. Looks like they're going to make a decision on who to franchise. Looks like they're really going to make every attempt to bring Chris Jones back. Uh, their stadium situation is highly interesting as well. Jesse Newell joins the show after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFA. Here's Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. He's been at the the Combine this week. Uh, We want to catch up after the Chiefs' Super Bowl win. Hey, Jesse. How's it going, guys? What did you you learn from going to the Combine? Um, Yeah, so it's an interesting event. You know, usually you guys, go-to events to actually get the event. You know, if you go to the Super Bowl, you cover the lead-up um, to the Super Bowl, but then you actually go to the Super Bowl. So the combine kind of because people are there for the testing, and, you know, most of the time we don't actually go watch them test. And, you know, that's just kind of stuff that you can see on a sh- sheet. But, um, you know, Andy Reid and Brad Beach both spoke on Tuesday, and um, I think that's probably the biggest thing, instead of the revelations there, where you can get from them and, the overall offseason plan um, for the Chiefs continues to be the, the first and second priority or one-two or however you want to label it is Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. And they continue to try to, like, plan for other contingencies and see what's going to happen. Um, but it, it sure seems to me like they would love to have both those guys back. If not, then, you know, Legereus Sneed seems like a potential tag-and-trade candidate. But – um, you start the offseason with figuring out the one or two things you really want to do and then figuring out the dominoes from there. And right now it seems like the Chiefs are, are kind of in that spot where it's like, how much is Chris Jones going to sign for? And um, are other teams going to be very interested in luxurious need enough that they're going to trade something pretty good or pretty appealing to go get him? And once the Chiefs have decisions and final uh, verdicts on those two guys, they can proceed with the rest of their offseason. I know we're going to get back to the to the offseason kind of plan in a minute, but what did you make of the, uh, the player survey that came out, I believe, yesterday saying the Chiefs were 
well below average in a lot of areas. Locker room, the the owner uh, got a got an F minus or something like that. The worst owner in the league. Facilities wise. Yeah, obviously it's not affecting anything on on the field. Uh, but is this something that could affect them in free agency, getting guys to Kansas City, or is it just a, a lot of noise? So I don't think it affects free agency. I just think it affects, you know, guys, we're all, we all have jobs. You know, we all have places we go to for our places of business, and it's better if things are nicer. You know what I mean? Like if you walk through the door in the morning and it's dirty and things haven't been cleaned up and you're sitting in an old office chair that hasn't been, that hurts your back, you know, like it just doesn't give you that same vibes. And you're comparing this to other teams out there that haven't won championships. I mean, if you go back to the quotes of the Super Bowl week, everyone to a man from the Chiefs, including Andy Reid, many, many times, I think trying to make a point, was talking about how great the Raiders facilities are. Their practice facilities are great. Their locker room is great. Well, there's a little bit of a hidden meaning underneath there, which is like the Raiders haven't won anything. And they have these nice locker rooms. The Chiefs have won everything, and they have some of the crappiest um, practice locker rooms in the NFL. So it was interesting because, you know, Clark Hunt was in front of reporters yesterday at 11 o'clock Central trying to get in front of taxpayers and saying that they need $300 million of taxpayer money to help renovate Arrowhead. Meanwhile, I'm at the NFLPA meeting where they're releasing these grades and asking the president, J.C. Treader, about the Chiefs getting 31st out of 32 teams in this. And you know, he said that uh, the players were told after the last Super Bowl that they were going to renovate the locker room. They came back. They were promised by Clark Hunt that. They came back a few months later, and all that had changed were the chairs. And I guess the players were told that the Chiefs had progressed too long in the postseason, and so they didn't have time to renovate the locker room, so the chairs was what they got. And so you guys hit on the head um, that Clark Hunt, the, what, the only thing they get graded on for this particular um, grading thing is willingness to spend – invest in resources so Clark Hunt rated 32nd out of that if you promise your players you're gonna give them a new locker room and then you don't and you only give them chairs you're gonna rate pretty low in that and there's an interesting comment from Treader I asked him directly I said what do you think about the Chiefs what's your general take and his quote was quote I think there's some frustration there in the room we keep winning Super Bowls and nothing's coming back to us there's no priority on making our lives better uh, end quote so um, this is an embarrassing thing for Clark Hunt he was embarrassed last year when they ranked low, and then he actually told our Sam McDowell last year, he said, I'm interested to see the grades next year, because he basically said that it kind of took them off guard. Well, the grades this year are not better. They're actually worse. So at some point, I think this is something the Chiefs need to address, and if Clark Hunt wants to be seen as a good owner or a good person among his peers, it's something he's going to have to look at this offseason and try to be better at. Yeah, but in the same regard, how are the players going to say anything? You know, this is the owner. Are they going to, or is this going to have to be like a Kelsey or a Mahomes or a Jones or an Andy Reid in order to say something, in order to get something like this done? Yeah, I think this is it. You know what I mean? Like, this is sort of an anonymous survey. All 32 teams do it. They had about 75% of the players vote in this sort of thing or, or take the survey. And so this is sort of – um, for lack of a term, this is a public embarrassment that happens. And what's so interesting is being at that NFLPA meeting, one of the first things that they talked about, like J.C. Treader, who's a former player, um, one of the first things they, those guys highlighted was the teams that ranked really low last year and then ranked much better this year. You know what I mean? Those, those owners got the wake-up call, and they didn't want to be seen as cheap. They didn't want to be seen as uh, the guys that wouldn't spend for the people. And, and, and if nothing else, they didn't want the bad publicity. That really puts the Chiefs kind of in an island on their own because they had horrible grades last year. They knew about it this year, 
They knew that the, the kind of the microscope was going to be on them. They won another Super Bowl, and yet their grades were worse this year. And so I think this is really the avenue to do it. Um, it, it is kind of a tricky thing because I, I've seen some people online like, oh, these are just players complaining about their, their you know, suck it up, you're a millionaire, all those sorts of things. And that's not really it. I mean, it's like if anybody took a workplace survey, you're just supposed to be honest. I mean, none of these players are saying, give, I want to give back my championship ring. I don't want to play for this team. Of course they do. They want to play for a championship. It's just – Part of the package now, if you sign with the Chiefs, your weight room's not going to be as good. Your locker room's not going to be as good. You're probably going to be in the contention for a title and have a great coach. You know, Andy Reid was, was great as an A-plus. So it's kind of what you're weighing there. But I think, again, organizationally, this does not match up with what we see as the Chiefs on the field competitively. And at some point, I just think, if you're a billionaire owner and it's not going to cost you that much in the grand scheme of things to just fix this and be seen as a better person in charge, it seems like it's going to get done. But that's up to Clark Hunt, and that's something he has not addressed here in two years. Jesse Newell, our guest from the Kansas City Star, we're talking about the Chiefs. Uh, related, uh, this, the stadium situation, you alluded to it. They want major renovations at Arrowhead. <clears throat> What's the likelihood of that happening since it is now tied to the Royals moving from Kauffman Stadium to a downtown location? Have, have they messed this up so uh, badly that it's going to be difficult for the voters of Jackson County to approve all of this? Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, it's hard to know what voters do. And again, this is one of those ballots that only a small percentage of the people show up to the actual ballot box. You know what I mean? One of those April elections where it's not a presidential election, if you will, that, that really gets out the vote. So I think the the consensus on this is really mixed and not sure. I mean, what the best thing that this, this ballot has going for it is that the Chiefs have won two straight Super Bowls. And, you know, people want to keep the Chiefs around here. The civic pride from being around here, guys, for the Chiefs, and you guys know it, it's split down to Wichita as well. I mean, the people care about this team, and they take pride in this particular team. So, you know, if whatever basically the Chiefs put on the ballot, you would think that fans would be in favor of or Jackson County residents be in favor of to keep them in this area, especially when we know that there could be some outreach from other places and Kansas uh, that potentially would want the Chiefs or the Royals or whoever might want to come over state lines to, to bring those dollars over here. So um, it's complicated, though, because, yeah, the Royals don't seem to have – their PR plan went from, hey, we're going to choose from these two sites, um, having set down deadline for uh, September, that deadline passed, and then, okay, they, they announced a new site here in February, but that new site was not one of the first two that they had chosen. And so the PR message kind of got garbled there. A lot of people think, why would you move from Kaufman? Everybody loves Kaufman, you know, the big four, the fountains, all that sort of stuff. They have memories growing up there. So that doesn't seem super popular. The team obviously matched the uh, like franchise record with 106 losses last year. So you want to support that sort of thing. And now the Chiefs come out with these renderings. And honestly, they just most people I talk to are pretty underwhelmed. It seems like most of the stuff that's in there is not going to help out the common fan. It's not going to be something that uh, – uh, really relates to them as part of this. And uh, Clark Hunt said he would contribute $300 million of his own money while taxpayers give $500 million, that sort of thing. And so, I mean, at least John Sherman from the Royals is contributing or is pledged to contribute $1 billion of his own money. So I don't know. The PR message on this whole thing has been sort of jumbled, and this whole thing has kind of been thrown together at the last minute to get on the ballot. So where do voters stand? I don't know. I know they love the Chiefs, and I know that they don't want the Chiefs to leave. But as far as the PR messaging and how the whole, this whole thing has come out with both the Royals and the Chiefs, it sure feels like it could have been handled a lot better. And when you say you don't, they don't want the Chiefs to leave, you're talking about they don't want them to leave the Missouri side of the border. Yeah, Jackson County. Um, you know, there was a while the Royals were sort of um, flirting with 
uh, a different county in Missouri, a little bit on northern uh, on the northern side to, to get them out of there. Um, you know, when sports betting was made legal in Kansas, we saw from legislators and from uh, Governor Laura Kelly talking about that the money they made, one, they wanted to put in a fund to uh, to draw a pro sports team to, to Kansas. And I mean, it's pretty obvious who you're trying to target there if, if you've got two sport, pro sports teams that are just across the state line. So if this thing does fail, I mean, I, I think the messaging from the Royals and the Chiefs is that sort of all bets are off and they're going to try to explore the best options for them. And so um, that's up to Jackson County people, but I can understand the Royals have had very, have been very sparse in their details of how this thing is going to get done, how they plan to do it, how much money they need, where it's all going. And then, like I said, the Chiefs just came out with renderings yesterday and they, and they seem pretty underwhelming, um, even if we're being sort of kind to them. So the details of this, how much money do you need? What is it being used for? How is this going to get done? Those have been sparse at best. And so uh, to rush this thing on the ballot and to hope and pray that the Chiefs are going to carry this thing across the finish line, that sort of seems to be the, uh, I guess, the plan at this point. And is it going to work? I'm not sure. So we have uh, several months of an offseason obviously left to go. Is it your feeling that uh, the offense will have to get uh, closer to the defense? It will, I, I guess, like closer to the middle of where the defense is, is – uh, to, for the Chiefs to be as good as they were this year? Do you think the defense takes a step back just inevitably because they can't keep everyone? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think one thing Patrick Mahomes did so well last year was he sort of catered himself to what he had. You know what I mean? The Chiefs went from four years ago where he was chucking the ball way down the field. They were, had big plays all over the place. And um, Mahomes pretty much came Chucked out or you know, check down Charlie here. I mean, he kind of played Brady ball this whole year, where it's like throw it short, let guys be open, you know, throw the open receiver, let him get some yards after catch, but it really limited his ability to put up big numbers and to have big plays. And so the Chiefs won that way. I mean, let's not take it away from him. They they were able to win and maximize what they had because they have such a smart head coach and system and they have such a willing quarterback to do what it takes, whatever it takes to win football games, but I just don't think you can continue to do that. Like, you know, it's sort of like they they saddled him up a little bit. They, they kind of reined him back, and, like, you have the best quarterback of all time. Why not give him more weapons to let him go play free and go be better than the offense was a year ago? So I, they've got to address receiver. I mean, I, I know it worked out for him last year, but it, it's still one where Travis Kelsey's not going to be able to play forever, and we saw when he was limited at the end of last year – with injuries where he wasn't quite himself before he took that week 18 break and came back better for it uh, in the playoffs. But you got to prepare for life after Kelsey at some point. So I think it's just a little bit more unbridled than what we saw from the Chiefs in the second half last year. So uh, I would say receiver has to be at the top of the list. Would not be surprised at all if that's their first round pick and or depending on things go with uh, Chris Jones and LeJarrius Steed if they made a big splash in free agency. You usually don't get as much bang for your buck in free agency, which is why I'd hesitate there. But um as of right now, I'd put the betting favor for the Chiefs' first-round pick, whether they trade up or not, to be a wide receiver and have them try to continue to add weapons and young weapons to, to Patrick Mahomes to try to give him more freedom to do what he can do so well and not be held back by the offense and the pieces around him, which is what we saw throughout the most of uh, the second half of last year. And you'd mentioned, you know, obviously one, two, talking about Jones and Snead and do we bring them back and how, how do you facilitate that situation? But you kind of led me into my, my question about wide receiver – do you take a young wide receiver or do you go get somebody like a T Higgins or somebody that's a established veteran out there in order to help yourself for next year? If you're bringing in a new rookie receiver, you're kind of in the same spot as you were last year. Wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. And we've seen like a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster step right in and be able to be productive right away and kind of understand the nuances of the offense um, very quickly and work with Patrick Mahomes very well. We saw that in the Super Bowl year last year uh, when he was able to come in. I guess my only contention with that is a couple things. Um, and the reason I would probably look to receiver in the first round, for one, is I know the three-peat is looming, and that would be something no other, no other NFL team has done. But still, like this is still a long-term thing for the Chiefs. Like You still have Mahomes. You still got Andy Reid probably for at least three, four, five more years. Like you've got, You're set up for success. You have the second youngest defense in terms of snap-adjusted age in the NFL. You want to think long-term for this. I mean, Mahomes is still in his prime. And so if you bring in a receiver, the upside there is just so great. Like, what would Rasheed Rice go for on the open market right now if he was a free agent? A whole lot of money. And the Chiefs got him because they moved up and drafted him, and all it took was a second-round pick. You get so much bang for your buck if you hit on a receiver. And not only that, a lot of receivers here, they're stepping in and playing right away. I mean, Zay Flowers for the Ravens, great year. You know what I mean? Uh, Puka Nakua for the Rams, stepped in, play right away. Um, Jackson Sithling Jigbo, pretty good. Jordan Addison for the, the Vikings, great. And this also is a, a pretty deep wide receiver class as far as uh, first-round receivers. So if I'm the Chiefs, I just think I don't get as much bang for my buck. Everybody needs a receiver, and if you're going to the free agent well for it, you're bidding against everybody else. If you get that guy in the draft, develop him, you got him for multiple years, you can re-sign him, you can have them long-term, and all of a sudden your problem is fixed for the long haul instead of kind of stop-gapping that thing with a free agent. So I would go the draft route. I know it's trickier. I know the Chiefs haven't hit on all those guys in the past, but it sure seems like the better path for long-term sustainable success, even if there are some hiccups early on like there were with Sheer Ice last year. For the long haul, that really would be, I think, the Chiefs' preferred option and gives them the greater upside if they're able to hit on the guy that they want. All right, Jesse, we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you very soon, okay? All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. Here's Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com. Their editor, publisher, owner, you name it. He's got it covered with GoPowerCat.com. Fitz, welcome. You know, I wish I could sing, but honest to God, I wish I could sing the blues. I wish that was my talent because I love the blues. Good blues is amazing, uh, and it's incredible what those comedic actors did with those roles. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good point. I wish that was my talent. We'll talk about that. Cop who's your who's oh, your yeah. who's your more uh, contemporary blues guy or girl that you enjoy? Uh, I, I don't really have a con contemporary one. I listen to Buddy Guy a little bit, but yeah, I I've kind of wandered into. Texas slash Americana country, um, and I've got a pretty good groove going with that because I think that's where a lot of the great young creators' music that are outside of the Nashville or uh, what do I want to say corporate music scene uh, where they exist. I agree. All right, let's uh, let's get to some sports because you've been extremely bullish on the K State women, and as have I, and you've uh, yeah. noted on this show that you think they're Final Four caliber. But they've hit a rough spell here, and uh, I don't know what's going on. So the question is, what's going on? Yeah, I look, I, I knew they'd probably have some losses, but I didn't expect those losses to come when I got Ioka Lee back. Uh, and that's what we're seeing now. Uh, KU played outstanding and beat them in Lawrence, and then Iowa State came in on a mission and, and took care of business. K-State, if they just play their game, was going to win both of those. And I think that's what's most troubling is, yeah, the, the opponents are coming in and offering 
a pretty good uh, swing. They're taking a good swing at K-State, but K-State isn't responding in the same way they responded earlier in the year, and that's troubling because we're about done with women's regular season. I mean, that Big 12 tournament will get started up here pretty soon, and um, K-State has gone from a team, yeah, obviously they're going to host as one of the top four seeds in, in one of the regions, and to they may not get to host now. They might be a five or six seed if this slide continues and they can't pick up some quality wins in Kansas City along the way. So was it an adjustment thing with Aoka Lee coming back uh, that it just is taking some time to figure out how to recalibrate, or are there yeah. are there real weaknesses here that you're seeing? I, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I, I think it uh, – look, they, they're capable of playing at a really high level with her. I mean, you just don't win at Iowa because you had a fortunate night. You've got to be pretty put together uh, to survive Caitlin Clark and company. So – I just think they've they've kind of lost. They you know they had to recreate themselves without her, and now I think they're having issues going back to the way they were because they found things that worked without her, and and maybe those all those pieces aren't meshing quite the way they need them to. And now it's up to coaching. Can you put it back together? Well, let's go to the men. Now, what what's going on with the men? I mean, they they lose what seven out of seven out of eight, but they beat Kansas in there. Then they have a good win against BYU, West Virginia. Uh, they looking a little better. What's happening on the men's side? Yeah, you know, Tyler Perry has um, – I, I did one of my daily delivery videos on him uh, today, and the reason I saved it for this certain day is, uh, like Leap Year, he was good about one out of four games. Um, and uh, <laughs> then he turns around and gets BYU in West Virginia and puts up a total of 45 points and is 10 of 18 from three-point range in those two games. Uh, that's the guy K-State thought they were getting, and now it's probably good reason why they beat a really good BYU team handily uh, and then, you know, kind of fell asleep against West Virginia and recovered to win. Uh, I think having him play at that level, moving him off the ball a little bit and letting Day-Day Ames distribute it in the half court uh, has worked for K-State so that he can catch and shoot, and I think they finally found a formula that works. If he stays in the groove, they're going to make a serious run starting, you know, they got to win Saturday at Cincinnati to, to make that push to get in the NCAA tournament, but uh, they're looking like they are prepared to finish strong. They are 17 and 11. They have a road game against Cincinnati, then a road game against Kansas, and then a home game against Iowa State. Uh, you certainly, I don't know that you'd make them a favorite in any of those games, but they kind of need to win. They they need to win at least two of those games and then have a little run in the Big 12 tournament, don't they? I, I think they need to win three games. Um, and, you know, if those three are sweeping these three, you just made a hell of a statement and finished 10 and 8 in the conference, uh, which one wins. So uh, I don't see that happening. Uh, and, in fact, I think winning at uh, KU, which is always a slim chance for K-State based on historical odds, I don't think BYU did K-State any favors. Uh, by pulling off that win, I think that team will be even more motivated than typically for a, a, a senior night event. Um, so I, I think they probably have to win at least one in Kansas City. And the good news is if you're in that 7 to 10 seeding of this bracket, you're going to play someone else in that group. Uh, so seven's going to play 10 in that second round and eight will play nine in the second round. So it's a team that will be very comparable and a team that carries some value in terms of resume. Uh, so if you get those three wins, I think you're in. Uh, a 20-win Big 12 team not getting in the tournament uh, with the overall conference strength seems kind of unfathomable. 
we had uh, Jerry Palm on the show last week or so, and I was I was asking him kind of if the math and metrics and all these things that are looked at by by those bracketologists make it even more messy. And I I just have to feel like it does because how do you judge a Big Twelve where BYU beats Kansas, loses to K State, K State? Uh, I mean, loses to a lot of people, and no one can win on on the road except BYU wins. It. I mean, it's like it's nonstop, and I don't know how anyone can figure out who's uh, apart from the pack in this league. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about the metrics of the net and other things on another show, and uh, it, it doesn't make sense that a team two spots below K State. I'm talking about Cincinnati is regarded as the much better team. Uh, we'll see how that impacts those kind of rankings and ratings if K-State can win in Cincinnati, because uh, this is a Bearcat team that was pretty good earlier in the year, but guys, they're sitting at five wins in the conference. Uh, and a lot of bracketologists still have them on the bubble or around the bubble, and it's just hard to see how that's even possible. Tim Fitzgerald, our guest, gopowercat.com. Before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about football and I'm highly entertained by the banter now uh, on Twitter or X or whatever you call it between K-State and KU fans. Uh, K-State now all over KU for paying Lance Leipold $7 million a year, which you have to do. I mean, this is the real world, folks. Uh, Are you entertained by it yet, or do you? No. (laughs) I get it. It's not a really entertaining place to be. But it's just uh, amazing to watch this uh, rivalry really, really come back in football because we haven't had that for a while. No, so that that's the good part. The the bad part is Twitter slash X has turned into a fun place to banter to just really awful crap. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Elon stands up for free speech. That means you can express your opinions freely. It doesn't mean you can go out and try to destroy people's lives because they just disagree with you on something. Um, and that's what it's become. It's become a very vile environment, uh, one that I probably wouldn't remain part of if it wasn't for importance of my job and you know promoting the things we do. Uh, so, yeah, it, I, I'm now seeing people go from, hey, let's have a little fun and poke fun. Like I love the Cyclone Larry account. I, I think he's brilliant. Uh, and. But now it's like, oh, you said something I disagree with. I must absolutely destroy you uh, and try to get you canceled because you said uh, you're, you don't understand how the TC women could have so many injuries in one week. So I must absolutely <laughs> annihilate and destroy you. Uh, it's, it's, that's what it's become, and um, it's disgusting. It's, it's absolutely disgusting what's going on over there. But football being back as a rivalry, and uh, can can we say back? Has it ever really been a rivalry? Yeah, I don't, that's there was a, a great brief question. Moment where Bill Snyder and Glenn Mason overlapped into some pretty decent games, but it feels like the pendulum switched from KU to K State football pretty quickly, and then uh, it switched back when Mangino took over and Snyder retired. Uh, and it's, it doesn't seem like the pendulum's ever sitting in the middle. It's pretty damn close right now. And and, and uh, I K Staters. I'm sorry, Look, I, I interrupted you. That's right. Uh, in case it's favored to win the conference, I get that, you know, by a lot of the the books. But if you move that K State KU game to Lawrence this year, it might be the opposite. That's how final line there is between these teams this season. It's going to be awesome to watch. 
Yeah, I, I think you think like me that, uh, yeah, okay, Lance Leipold doesn't have a winning record. I get it. Okay, he took over a terrible program. But what he's done at KU would, in my brain, certainly warrant this kind of an extension and contract. I don't know. I, I think it's – I think well, KU's um, good for doing it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, I was asked on another show, does Chris Kleiman now go get – you know, ask for the same money? I don't think that's how Coach Kleiman works. I think he's got a lot of things in his program he really wants. Uh, but I'll say this. Uh, if I'm a KU fan and Lance Leipold uh, ends up sniffing around another job this offseason, I'm going to – and then his agent's like, well, you better give it something else, you know. I'm going to get pretty tired of it pretty quick, even though he's great. Uh, but that becomes an abusive relationship. Exactly. Uh, I think we saw it happen with Gary, Gary Patterson at TCU. I think their fans got tired of it. Um, and it started to affect everything because he's also advertising to his recruits, hey, I might leave. Every year I got, I'm looking at a job. I might leave. And that's you, you can't sustain that. At some point the coach needs to tell his agent, will you just sit down and shut up and let me do my job? And I'm, we're all making enough money. Now. Yeah, the flip side of that is you're right. Lance Leipold needs to express his complete satisfaction and commitment to Kansas. So, yeah, we're, we see it the same way, Fitz. I'm sure that, uh, that makes you happy. Uh, yes, I, that, that'll make me sleep better tonight. Uh, I don't really care about your son's thoughts. Yeah, there you go. Jason's Thank thoughts you. are important to me. Well, I appreciate that, Fitz, and I couldn't agree more with what you just said. You'll have to decipher some of it, but he does agree. Yes, as long as you use small words, I can follow you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. Uh, this new Big 12 is going to be a blast because we really don't know what we're getting into. Uh, Utah fans might be right. Maybe they're going to roll in here and kick everyone's ass. I suspect they're not right, but there's a good way to find out. Let's play a season of football, and that season is going to be a lot of fun. It will be fun. Thank you, Fitz. Your taste of music Thank sucks, you, Fitz. Tim Fitzgerald, okay. go power cat dog. I didn't know. What did you say? Oh, he just has to throw in a jab. Like, he, he just, well, I like, he I just like his can't taste of music, there. but I said your taste of music sucks, Fitz. Because he said he doesn't care about my thoughts, so. Well, he's just being honest. That's fine. I'm. I wasn't. I made that all up. Exactly. I like it. So then, why would you say it? For fun, funsies. I think right. he was being funsies as well. When we come back, <laughs> uh, Tim Fitzgerald raised an interesting point very early in that interview. If he could pick a different career or talent, he'd like to be a blues singer. We're going to bandy that about when we come back. Uh, if you had a different talent, Jason has a talent, or in a couple of your cases, any talent, what would it be? What would you want it to be? We'll be back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 